What's up? What's up? Y'all see how I'm holding that note? What's up? What's up, everybody? And let me welcome you to the 11th episode of Reggie Hathorne's Purple Cup Talk, where we talk about real shit, random shit, and relatable shit. Sometimes you get one, sometimes you get two, and sometimes you get all three. But rest assured, you will get one. And make sure you rate this podcast on iTunes. That makes me look good. But if you got some bad shit to say, keep it to your motherfucking self. I want to thank you to all the listeners to on Facebook, YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Spotify. And those who uh, check me out on PurpleCupTalk.com. And thank you to all the listeners from all over the world. And if this is your first time checking me out, Thank you. And if you have been here before, thank you for bringing your ass back. And I got to thank my supporters. Those are the people that give a couple of dollars every month. They donate a few dollars every month to make sure my cup stays full. And you, too, can be a sponsor slash supporter just by simply going to purplecuptalk.com and click on the supporters tab. And I want to remind you guys to get your tickets to the Purple Cup Talk live tour that kicks off in L.A. on September the 14th. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link in the description uh, down at the bottom so you can click the link and get your tickets. And let's make sure we fill these seats. And this episode is sponsored by me. That's right. And I want to make sure I give a shout out to all the people that hang with people that won't tell them that they have a booger in their nose. They are not your friends. Choose your friends wisely and a shout out to the people that chew with their mouth open and nobody wants to sit across the table from them because when they eat it's nasty and they're afraid that something will fly out of their mouth and get on their food and a shout out to all the people that waited in line for over an hour on a Popeye's chicken sandwich but won't stand in line to vote It's the little things that matter. And I still can't believe that they ran out of sandwich. But that shows me a couple of things that there is power in the black dollar and to always be prepared for your blessings. Keep a big ass cup on you for when the blessings are poured all over you because you never know when the blessings will be poured down. That's right. So, yes, today, man, I got um, I got quite a bit of things that I want to get into today, man. I got some real actually got a lot of real with some uh, some chunks of relatable and some sprinkles of random. That's right. And y'all know how we do it. So I got to do a recap of what happened on Just Jiving, my page this week. And if you are not following Just Jiving on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, what the fuck is wrong with you? But before we do a recap, just make sure you are following me on social media. Okay? Just make sure you're following me. And so I want to kick it off with some real shit that um, I talked about on my page. Yeah. So one of the first things that I posted uh, last week, I think I posted it on Sunday. If you are feeling good for your age and feeling free, that's what I said. I said, I'm feeling good for my age 
I feel free. I feel like I'm 36, even though I'm 46. And there were a lot of people that had something to say about that. One young lady, Brenda Flanagan, who I actually got a chance to meet. And I met her in Dallas when I had uh, when I had some people to meet me at Whataburger because everybody knows that I love Whataburger. So Brenda was actually one of the people that came up there and met me for breakfast. Brenda said, age is just a number. You're as young as you feel as long as you keep maturing and growing with wisdom. That's what matters. And Tammy Woods said, age isn't important. My life started at 50, turning 52 in December and loving it. And I want y'all, I want to remind y'all, I want y'all make sure y'all remind me rather. I want to tell y'all about how I started my life over at 43. I didn't start living until I was 43. And Simi Barnes said, you can be young at heart all you want. Want. I don't know why I said won't. That's like those people that said, won't he do it? You know, I can't believe I said, okay, let me say Simi Barnes uh, comment all over again. Simi Barnes, <laughs> she said, you can be young at heart all you want, but your bones say it's time for the percolator. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I remember that song, it's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. That was a song that was hot in the early 90s. And also I said on my page that um, this week, man, and I know this is probably going to throw some of y'all off because I've been talking about how peaceful making my bed up has been making my life. By the way, this is my 40th day, 40th consecutive day of making my bed up. And I know you're like, what the hell does it have to do with anything? That is bringing me peace, just so you know. But this week, I was all over the place. I just could not focus. There were just there were just so many ideas that were just going around in my head. And I was talking about how my adult ADD has just been wearing my ass out. Let me tell you, I'm, I haven't been diagnosed with adult ADD. I have not been diagnosed with adult ADD. I just think I have it because, man, I can start, a, I can start something. Five minutes later, I'm on something else. Five minutes later, I'm on something else. And I'm so easily distracted. And I was, you know, just the ideas that were going through my head. I was thinking about podcasting, shooting videos because I haven't shot a video in a while. Uh, I, I even considered uh, starting an erotica podcast where, you know, I talk about sexual shit, read sexual stories. And uh, what do you call that? Like a uh, masturbation type shit. I was thinking about doing all of that. Then I was then finally I just said, you know, Reg, you need to like sit your ass down somewhere and focus. And other people were telling me that they were having the same issues that I was, you know, having. And I was, you know, trying to figure out how the hell I can get this podcast really, you know, jumping off the ground and, I just need to be more patient in that area. I mean, hell, Reggie, this is only, I'm, why do I talk to myself in third person? Um, this is only my 11th episode. So that is a good thing. And so I just need to be more patient and just give it time to take off. And I've been talking about moving. I've been considering moving to Chicago, moving to, you know, somewhere different in, in LA. I've been trying, I've been thinking about trying to find me an agent to rep me as a voice actor. A lot of this was just going on in my head this week. And so I decided to just write this stuff down and, you know, just kind of rank them, you know, which ones, you know, which ones you know, rank them in order, priority, you know, prioritize them and figure out which ones were most important, which ones were, e uh, you know, easier to tackle, to get off my to do list and to just go from there. So I hope that helps some of you guys. Sometimes if you are just, you know, having those moments where you can't focus and you got a lot of ideas going around and are just floating around like in a whirlwind fashion going on in your head, it helps. It helped me. You know, it may not help everybody, but it helped me to write them down just so I could see them and actually to read what I wrote down out loud so I could also hear it. 
So it helps to write it down, to read it out loud. And that way I was able to make some sense of it. And I was able to, you know, start putting it in order and in order of importance. And that kind of helped me with my ADD. My, the, even though I don't really have ADD. And also I smoked me some uh, a little marijuana. Yeah, I, uh, I was I vaped a little bit. Uh, if you're not familiar with Stizzy, get you a Stizzy pen. And this is not an advertisement, by the way. I just love their product. Check out the Stizzy vape pens. They are the dopest. And I talked about homemade pornography. <laughs> talked about homemade pornography. And I know some of you are like, what the hell is homemade pornography? That is basically when you film you and your uh, sex partner fucking with your cell phone. You don't have to. Let me give a shout out to technology. Let me give a shout out to technology because back in the day, it was like damn near impossible to like film yourself fucking. You had to have a, a damn video camera. You had to have a VCR tape in there or something, you know. You just had to do so much to record yourself fucking. But now with all of these cell phones, you don't even necessarily need a tripod. You can just like take your phone, prop it up against something on your nightstand, and just go for it. And now you have footage. You know, you can use this footage, if you know, at a later date to, to jack off. Uh, you and your girl or you and your dude can look at it to get you guys going. I mean, just whatever. But it's so easy to make homemade porn these days. So, And I'm just, like, thankful for this type of technology because it is because of technology that we are able to do this. And I don't know if you've ever seen yourself fucking... <sighs> And yes, that was a loud blow in the microphone. And I hope it didn't hurt some of your ears. If it burst your eardrums, I'm sorry. So just turn to the other side and listen to this. But looking at yourself, fuck, is a wake-up call. Unless you are like at this magnificent body. But if you don't have a magnificent body, it will make you say, damn, I need to lose some weight. I didn't know I was fat right there. I didn't know I had all that fat on the side. I didn't know my stomach was that big. I didn't know my man boobs were hanging like that. That's kind of what you deal with when you see yourself fucking. And you also kind of look at your strokes. You're like, I didn't know I'd be stroking the pussy. Like, that's how I look when I fuck. And, you know, you could get a chance to listen to your girl moan. Or, ladies, you get a chance to listen to your dude moan or whatever he does when he gets ready to bust. I know I'm being very graphic right now. But this is a grown folks podcast. And we have all fucked before. But we all haven't seen ourselves fuck. But you can but you can, because if you're listening to this, most likely you are listening to this on a cell phone. So take your cell phone home tonight and just prop it up and you and your mate go for it. And y'all can just sit back, get your, you know, get you a drink and just watch yourself. Fuck. And one young lady, <laughs> and one young lady, Karen, she was like, um, she posted a link to a selfie stick and a tripod that you can use if you want to get that perfect angle. It takes time to set up tripods. That's like premeditated um, uh, pornography. For me, it's all about being spontaneous and doing it on the fly. I am not mad at her for getting a tripod. You do get a better angle. You can set it up at the height that you want it. And she mentioned the selfie stick. So you can actually, you can do a lot with the selfie stick as well. And Ursula Rays, she said, we are all porn stars with the right lighting. I am going to agree with that. We are all porn stars with the right lighting. You know, make sure the shadows are in the right places. So, yes, we talked about homemade porn. I talked about my ADD. And, uh, and also I posed a question. Um, do you like listening to erotica and or sex stories? And the reason I did that, because like I just mentioned, I don't know, a few minutes ago, I was talking about how my ADD was kicking in. 
and I was considering, you know, doing a, a erotica podcast or creating an album with a guided masturbation type of thing. And I was thinking about that because, you know, shit, sometimes I'm, I'm being cocky right now, being cocky, no pun intended. But I've always, like I said, like I said before, I've always heard that I have a great voice. And I was like, why don't I just uh, read stories about fucking or a guided masturbation? And that, I did that for me so I could just kind of get a poll. I mean, kind of get uh, an idea of what people liked if they rather read it. Because I'm not writing erotic stories, but I'll read some and, you know, make some shit sexy. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I did that. And the and 62% of the people, 62% of the people said that they would listen to uh, erotica. And 38% said no, they would rather read it. You know, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Well, of course I can. This is a podcast. I don't like when people can't answer a question directly. That was a very direct question. Would you listen to erotica and or sex stories? Would you listen to erotica and or sex stories? That's either a yes or a no. I don't like when people say, I'd rather just do it. Motherfucker, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't rather just do it? And didn't even answer the question. So I don't know if that's a yes or a no. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you wouldn't. I don't like when people, anyway, I hate when people can't answer a question. And I don't like when people answer a question with the question. That typically means they know that their answer is some bullshit when they answer a question with some with a question. Keep Make, make note of that. Uh, and two random things that we talked about on Just Jiving this week. Um, if your grandmother didn't own a deep freezer, she couldn't cook. <laughs> and I can say that because my grandmom, Big Mama, who I talked about on the last episode, uh, Big Mama had a room for deep freezers. Like she had a, a deep freezer for meat. She had a deep freezer for this. She had a deep freezer. Big Mama had a deep freezer room and she always told you to go in there and look for some babe just go in there and look for something looks for x looks for the mac you're gonna see it's a big thing of macaroni up under such and such and they always know exactly where it is you're gonna see some neck bones if you move this such and such to the left you'll see right up under this bag is some neck bones right there get those and bring those to me they always know exactly where everything is i don't care how confused and chaotic it looks to you big mama knows where everything is and whatever they are looking for it is never on the top it's always up under some shit and so when i told people that they uh that their grandmother couldn't cook if she didn't have a deep freezer of course some people like that ain't true that ain't true i can cook and i ain't got no deep freezer so i was like you know what let me be a little bit more inclusive let me not exclude anybody i added the statement if you have a deep freezer and or a cast iron skillet you can cook then everybody's like, oh, I can cook then. I can cook then. It trips me out how some people uh, dispute when I say this stupid shit. Why are you debating me on some stupid shit like that? I'm just being stupid. And some people, take, take they take that shit to heart. Like, oh, I can cook and I ain't got no damn deep freezer. I ain't got no cast iron skillet and I can cook. Why are you taking this so serious? Why are you taking this so fucking serious? And athlete's foot. That was the next thing I talked about. Athlete's foot. I think athlete's foot should be the rite of passage into manhood for any little boy, any little boy and little girls too. athlete's foot. It simply means you are grown. And I think that if a man, if a young man does not experience athlete's feet, he's going to be bullied. He's going to be bullied. 
if he does not experience athlete's feet. So if you got a little boy and he has never had athlete's feet and he comes home with bruises and shit on him, that's why. That's why. But if he has athlete's feet, he's safe when he go to school. Ain't nobody fucking with nobody that got athlete's feet. That's a grown-ass man. He got athlete's feet. I ain't fucking with that dude. No bully will pull up on you if you have athlete's feet. Just keep that in mind. And if your son never experiences athlete's feet, he's going to lack social skills because nobody's going to fuck with him. He's not maturing at a proper rate if he's never had athlete's feet. Nobody's going to fuck with him. He's not going to know how to interact with people because of that. And he's going to develop EDD at an early age. I would say around the age of 28. If he does, if he never experiences athlete's feet and he has to experience that by the time that he's 21. Okay. So anyway, that's what I talked about. And at the last minute, so by the way, I, I, put, I wrote these notes on, I think I wrote these notes yesterday, yesterday, Thursday. So I was supposed to record this yesterday during the day. And so I can drop this early in the morning today, but I am just recording it today and I'm going to drop it later this evening, this Friday, but it gave me a chance to put up another post before I wrote my notes. So I put this post up that I'm about to also talk about after I wrote my uh, podcast notes. By the way, I got some dope-ass podcast notes. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, let me know. I'll show you how to write some dope-ass podcast notes. Um, I asked the question, When was the la- how, what's the longest you've ever gone without sex? Let me tell you something. It's some folks that, that are just, they just ain't fucking. For whatever reason, I'm, I found out that a lot of people... Um, a lot of women that commented, uh, they talked about how they just decided to, you know, learn to love themselves and they learned their, their self-worth. So they just didn't want to throw pussy around like that. They didn't want to just fuck like that. Some uh, one young lady commented that the reason she hasn't had sex because it was a medical issue. You know, bless her heart. She said it's a medical issue. And her husband left her when they found out that it was a medical issue. Fuck that dude. If your husband or your spouse leaves you because you can't fuck no more. They were a whack ass spouse. I do get it though. You do want to have pussy or dick the rest of your life, but that's your spouse, you know, but Hey, at the same time, he knew what he could and couldn't handle. I guess he was like, you know, I'm going to end up cheating on you. If we can't fuck, I don't want to cheat on you. Now this is just me adding this part to it. I don't know what his, what his real reason was. If he, if he was that had that much integrity or not, I don't want to cheat on you. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Cause I can't be dealing with nobody. They can't fuck because I got to fuck my longest time. I answered the question as well. The longest time I've ever gone was four or five months. And that's because I was in a long distance relationship. And I also added, uh, but other than that, I would say three or three or four weeks. And I also added because dudes, most men, I can't even say most men because I don't know how most men's their, uh, their fuck habits or their, how they roll. But typically, (laughs) Me, I'm speaking for me. I, you know, I'm going to talk about how people generalize certain statements. They will put certain statements in a bucket like men think this or women think that. I don't like those type of statements because they may be the men, you know, or the women, you know. So let's I want we're going to talk about that. I don't know if I'm going to get into it on this podcast because it ain't in my notes. But, you know, I can go off the fly, though. But anyway, I talked about how I and I'm and I think most men are like this. Uh, the men that I know, the dudes that I that I fuck with that ain't married, they always got some pussy laying around. It's always some ass laying around. I don't mean just like laying around your house, you know, but dudes, me, let me say it like that. 
if I'm not in a relationship, there's some pussy laying around. That's just what it is. And I would, and most men commented on there, the men on my page, they come in. It's like, yeah, that's true. That's true. One guy, this guy named uh, Robert Harding, he said it has been nine weeks since he has had some sex. And that is a drought. He said, this is a drought for me. And I'm like, dude, that is a drought. <laughs> that is a drought for a man, an active man. Nine weeks is a drought for a man. He said, I don't know what's going on. And I said, dude, you know, that's, that is a drought for a man. I will be honest. But we all know that that could change overnight. You can slide into the right DM. You can meet the right woman at the gas station at pump six. And that can change within hours, within days. And life as you knew it would be totally different. So I want to make sure that we, and I say, hey, man, keep your head up, you know, because it can happen for you. So let's keep our head up. Uh, let's keep Robert in our prayers. He did say this was a weekend and he's off and it's a holiday weekend. So I am hoping that Robert gets him some ass and comes up out of this drought. So Robert, man, I, I got to do this for Robert because I know Robert is probably somewhere fucking right now. Do I know Robert personally? No, nope, but let's do this for Robert. He is somewhere fucking. Way to go, Robert. I know you are out there doing something. I know it. I, I'm, I'm, hey, this is for you, baby boy. Yeah, so those are just some of the things that we talked about on Just Jiving this week. And a personal update. I already mentioned that I have made my bed up 40 consecutive days. I'm very excited about that. Like I said, it has given me some direction and some peace. Also, this weekend, I am going to the mall tomorrow, and I'm going to buy me a Chicago Cubs hat. And yes, that is a big deal because I am a Yankees fan. Also, disclaimer. I have not watched one game of baseball this year, but I do go to the Yankees website to see how they are doing, to see what their record is looking like. And they're doing pretty decent right now. But I am going to get me a Cubs hat because I like the blue on that hat. That's, I like that blue and the red. It's just a, I like the colors. Don't really even know much about the Cubs. But the next time you see me, I will have a Chicago Cubs hat on. I am behind on Queen Sugar. Let me go ahead and say that I am behind on Queen Sugar. But since uh, Monday is Labor Day, I will be catching up on all of Queen Sugar. I think I'm like four episodes behind. And let me throw this in while I'm thinking about it, because when I said Labor Day, it made me think of something. In 2006, on Labor Day weekend, I got married. And in 2014, I got divorced. So I was married right up under eight years, like seven and a half years. So Labor Day all kind of always makes me think about my ex, you know, my ex-wife. And I'm saying all of that to say that today, this Friday, today, I think today is August 30th, she is getting married again. And her name is LaShonda. She will be marrying Damone Williams. And so she, there will be Damone and LaShonda Williams. I want to give a shout out to them. I wish them the best and the happiest life possible. The best life that they could possibly dream of. I hope I and pray that God blesses them beyond measure. And she has a bun in the oven. This will be her first baby. So big ups to them. And I just, I just want the best for them. And I hope that he treats her way better than I did. And I wasn't a horrible guy, but I was not the best by any means. And I hope that they are like just always at their best for each other. So I hope that for them. So let's give it up for 
Damone and LaShonda Williams, because I think by now they are married. I think they got married, I think, around noon today. So I'm just happy for them, and I want the best for them. So that's what Labor Day made me think of. And something that pissed me off this week. I, this, this made me mad. So this is some real. Like, I just did some real, some random and relatable just then. This is some real, and I have not talked about this on my page, but I am about to talk about it right now. In Oklahoma, there was uh, on USA Today and USA Today in Oklahoma, Alex Halsden and her black co-host, Jason Hackett, they were watching like a clip of these gorillas at the zoo. And they were talking about, you know, just, oh, they're cute, they're this, this, this. And Alex, the white woman, she said, kind of looks like you. Talking about Jason Hackett. Before I go into it, let me let me say this. And I'm speaking to um, my white people. Uh, I said it like I own them. I'm speaking to white people, <laughs> white listeners. And I'm I'd like I'm speaking to all of y'all. And I'm speaking to the ones that would say some shit like that. And I'm speaking to the ones that wouldn't say some shit like that. If you wouldn't say some shit like that, spread the word. Spread the word that you should not say some shit like that. Y'all got to stop saying bullshit like that. And I say that because you're going to run up on the wrong black person and they will whoop that ass. And I'm serious. And I'm going to take you back to a time when something like that happened to me. And I will eventually get into Jason's response or his reaction to Alex when she said kind of looks like you. You cannot reference or compare um, black people to monkeys, any species of monkey. Stop doing that shit. Seriously, stop doing that shit. And this is a rant because you got to stop doing that shit. I mean, you know, how sometimes you just be lost words because you, you're shocked that people still do shit like this. I don't know why I'm shocked because it's just what it is. But it still pisses me off. Let me say it like that. You got to, you can't compare. You got to stop comparing us to monkeys and making like shit with nooses and uh, just, you, you just got to stop. Like I said, you're going to run up on the wrong motherfucker and they going to whip your ass over some shit like that. And you know how I know? Because I would say it was in early 2000s, early 2000s. I was working for this company and I was in outside sales. I was selling, uh, I was in telecom and telecommunications. And I was, um, now would I do this today? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I probably would. <laughs> And we, again, we were, we we're going to talk about Jason Hackett's response to her when she said kind of looks like you talking about the gorilla. Well, I was out uh, making some sales calls and I had my uh, my uh, white coworker. Her name was uh, Ashlyn Bernstein. And I'm telling you her name just to add some credibility and validity to this. If you want to check it out yourself. We were out cold calling and cold calling for those of you who don't know what that is. That is when you are going to businesses that you don't have a relationship with and you're trying to get them to buy your service or product. So it's cold calling because you don't know them. it's a cold sale. You have no relationship with them. OK, so we were knocking on businesses doors and trying to get them to buy our product. And one man said, I need you, young lady, to get this nigga out of my office. Get this monkey looking ass nigga out of my office. Before I could say anything, 
I realized I had jacked him up against the wall and was choking the shit out of him to the point that he lost all, it, all the air was out of him. And I just kind of just let him drop to the motherfucking floor. And Ashton took off running. <laughs> yeah, she took off running. And I calmly walked my ass out of his office while he was gasping for fucking air. And I went out of my car and I found her down the fucking street. She had run so fucking far because she's like, I can't believe you did that shit. I knew that would piss you off, but God damn, you just snapped out of I blacked the fuck out. No pun intended, but you, if you say some shit like that to the wrong black person, they will black out. That's what I did. I blacked out and I choked the shit out of this dude. And I called my manager. My manager's name was Dane. I said, Dane, I just want to let you know what happened. This guy called me a nigger while we were out uh, cold calling, and he's probably going to call corporate. I just want to cover my ass before you get the call. Before you get the call from them, I'm telling you up front, just cover my ass that I did that I did choke this motherfucker because he called me a nigga. And he was probably on, no, a few years older than me, kind of a big dude. But, you know, shit, I blacked out. You don't want no black dude or black woman to black out. Remember that blackout. That means all that other bullshit goes and they black the fuck out and their blackness prevails. <laughs> So my blackness prevailed. All my blackness came out and the ass whooping session began. So we went back to work <laughs> and uh, the VP who I had always thought was some racist dude. Uh, his name was Dunn. I'm giving all the names. And, and we walked in the office. Um, they called me in. They had the HR lady in there. Dane was in there. Dunn was in there. And I'm like, oh, shit, they finna fire me for, you know, whipping this dude's ass. And they did say, we got a call from corporate. I was like, oh yeah, my black ass is gone. And Don looked me in the eye. He said, Reggie, I am actually disappointed in you. And I'm like, shit, let me get up. Let me pack my shit. I, ain't, I don't even want to hear this shit. I said, why do you say that? He said, I'm, sub I'm disappointed because that's all you did. <laughs> he said, I would have beat him up and beat him to a pulp. He said, I'm disappointed that that's all you did. So anyway, you don't want nobody black to black out on your ass, okay? You don't want all that blackness to come out. So back to Jason. Jason, black people, we have to uh, we have a, an on-air response and an off-air response, okay? Jason, to me, he gave his on-air response. And his on-air response was, you know, he was hesitant. And he said, yeah, it, it kind of does. Meaning, yeah, yeah that gorilla does kind of look like me. I, I hope he had a different off-air response, but if he didn't, I respect his on-air response. And I will say that he is a much better man than me. He's more level-headed than me because I would have went smooth the fuck off on Alex for saying a gorilla looks like me. I wouldn't have been able to handle that shit. My off-air response is going to be the response that you get all the fucking time. And your off-air response is when the cameras are off, when the camera isn't rolling, you're behind closed doors, the curtains are closed. That's your off-air response. And Jason's, I, like I said, I don't know what his off-air response was. And I can't even be mad at him for his own air response because, hell, shit, he might have, I didn't, I haven't done research on this dude, but shit, he probably got a family to feed. He probably got a dog and shit that he got to take care of. You know, he can't, you can't always do your off air response, but Jason had a very good on air response. And here's where he really, um, he impressed me. 
I mean, that's the best word I got for it. He impressed me. Uh, I appreciate where he went with this. He said he wanted to use this as a teachable moment. And he wanted to send out the message that words do matter. And he was hurt. He was disappointed by it. But he just, that was his message. Words do matter. And of course, the, the norm happened. What we're used to. Alex apologized. She was tearing up. Fuck your apology. You meant that shit. I don't, don't apologize for some shit you mean. And the only reason you're apologizing, Alex, is because he was hurt. He was disappointed. Because he, if he didn't say anything, you wouldn't have thought you were wrong. And the shit would have just kept rolling and nothing would have ever happened. No, no mention of it again. And don't apologize that you hurt his feelings. Because like, again, if you hadn't hurt his feelings, you wouldn't be apologizing. You need to apologize. People need to learn how to apologize. Apologize for the shit you did. You can't apologize how I react. Apologize for me how I react to it or don't react to it. You can't apologize for my reaction. You need to apologize for the shit you did. And I don't know if Jason accepted the damn apology, but whatever. And it brings me to another point. Like I said, uh, Jason said that um, he wanted to send a message that words do matter. I remember growing up, I'm a 70s, 80s kid. And our parents, what most parents, the kids in my neighborhood, again, I can't speak for all people's parents, (laughs) But I know the kids in my neighborhood, we kind of grew up under the same type of uh, regime, the same type of uh, philosophies. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt. Fuck that. We need to stop teaching our young kids that sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt. Fuck your fuck your bones. Bones can mend. Fuck the scar on your leg. You can put a Band-Aid on that shit, some alcohol, some fucking peroxide, some camphophonica, whatever that shit is. Stop teaching your kids that sticks and stones will break your bones and words will never hurt. Because words, words will fuck you up or get you fucked up. Remember the blackout. If you say the wrong thing to the wrong black person, they will black out. And those words that you said will get you fucked up. And man, let me tell you something. It takes a long time to heal or to get past some shit that somebody said to you. Like there are grown folks out there in 40s and 50s and 60s that they are still dealing with some shit that somebody said to them. But ask me, are they still thinking about the time that Johnny hit them with that stick? No, they ain't giving a fuck about that time Johnny hit them with that stick. But are they thinking about that time? Somebody says some hurtful shit to them, some shit that scarred them for life, them internal scars. They probably are. So we need to stop teaching our kids that words don't hurt. Because they do. Like I said, words will fuck you up or get you fucked up, period. So, Jason, I appreciate the message that you're trying to send. And I appreciate you using your platform to send out such a positive vibe. And, you know, I'm. I don't beat anybody up for how they react or don't react to something. Everybody reacts the way they react and that's, they do what's they react the best way they know how. So I can't say Jason, I would have whooped. I mean, I would have, but I'm not mad at how he responded to that. And speaking y'all watch this. I, I'm, I'm giving myself props on this. I like the way I did this. <laughs> speaking of sticks and stones, speaking of sticks and stones, have you seen Dave Chappelle's new comedy special on Netflix? It dropped a few days ago. 
and it is called Sticks and Stones. <laughs> so, yes, please appreciate. You got to give me my peas on that. Give me my props on that. That was a dope ass segue how I did that. Come on, come on, come on. Give it. I'm going to give it to my goddamn self. That was a dope ass segue. <laughs> so, yes, Dave Chappelle's new comedy special on Netflix called Sticks and Stones. Listen. He has always, not always, but I would say within the last, I don't know, six or seven years. I can't say that uh, the Dave Chappelle show was like my favorite. I liked it, but that just, that was his sketch comedy. But as a stand-up comedian, I absolutely love Dave Chappelle. He is witty as fuck. He's smart. He's genius. I don't know if he writes his own shit, but if even if he does or doesn't, his delivery is impeccable and he's bold. The shit that he talked about, the shit that he had the balls to say. He doesn't think about any like this whole politically correct shit. He just uh, defies that shit. He's like, fuck being politically correct. I'm Dave Chappelle. I'm going to speak the truth. And a lot of people I'm going to get into some shit that he talked about. But what a lot of people don't get is that that's what a comedian is supposed to do. They're supposed to be able to take something serious, twist it in such a way to where it becomes a lighter subject. They are supposed to give us a different perspective to look at things, not just the, the having a linear type of vision or a linear scope. They give you a broader scope. They look, uh, they can put a cup on the table and you look at it straightforward. A comedian is going to look on the inside, see what's in it, see what's on the bottom, see what's on the rim of it, because that's what they are supposed to do. Stop thinking that comedians are supposed to have a linear perspective like most people. They have a much broader perspective, a more global perspective on a topic, or they should. And that's what they are supposed to do. So he talked <laughs> just the shit he talked about, how uh, the whole Michael Jackson thing when those kids we're saying that Mike, you know, fondled him and fucked with him and all that type of shit. You need to go and listen to it yourself because it is hilarious. But he talked about how one dude, you know, how it's um, how a lot of, you know, women and, you know, that, that they've been molested. And as far as they get and I'm not trying to I'm just paraphrasing his shit. I'm not Dave Chappelle. So I'm not trying to re, I'm not trying to regurgitate it the way I, you know, the way he did it. But he talked about how when women or people period, they've, when they've been molested, the best, it, the worst it gets for them is awkward, some awkward shit that happens at, you know, at Thanksgiving. That's, that's the extent of your awkwardness. But he talks about a child being molested by Michael Jackson. <laughs> How dope it is. He's like, yeah, you may have got molested by your uncle, but could you imagine getting molested by Michael Jackson? Man, the king of pop. And he talked about one little dude going to school and talking about what'd you do this weekend? I got my dick sucked by Michael Jackson. <laughs> so the shit that he is able to do and able to talk about and make light of, and I'm sure some people were offended by that, but Dave Chappelle doesn't give a fuck. He told it from a different perspective. He talked about it from the kid's perspective, you know, getting a dick sucked by Michael Jackson. That's a, that's huge. Like, uh, why wouldn't you want Michael Jackson to, to fondle you or to molest you. He talked about the LGBTQ. Well, he didn't use the Q. He talked about the LGBT community. 
And he was able to put a nice spin on that. Um, and how um, you can't offend them. You can't say shit about them, but you can get away with saying nigga because he was talking about how he was, uh, he had written something on the Chappelle show back in the day and he had the word faggot in there and they called him in and said, Hey, you can't say that because that's, that offends them. And he was like, okay, you know, I'll just change the word or take it out or whatever he said. But he said, as he was getting ready to walk out the door, he turned around and said, but I can say nigga with impunity, but I can't say faggot. And he said, the lady looked at him and was like, well, you're not a, you're not, you're not a, you're not gay. He said, oh, but I'm a, I said, I'm not a nigga either. So yes, he's just able to just talk about a lot of different things and just have the boldness and the, the lack of fucks to do it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate anybody that just says what they want to say and, uh, and have no qualms about it. He's just like, fuck it. This, this is how I look at it. Uh, I'm making light of this shit. And I love his, uh, his opening about Anthony Bourdain, how he, how life got, how he had like the best life. You know, he's like this motherfucker flew around the world eating good food with some of the coolest motherfuckers, but yet he killed himself, hung himself. And Dave, you know, compared that to one of his friends, one, one of Dave's friends that he grew up with and he lost his wife and had a law degree. And he saw this dude working in some store. I forgot what store it was or whatever. And he said, but the thought never occurred to him to kill himself. Hmm. So think about that. So, yes, I really appreciated uh, Chappelle's spin on just a lot of the topics that people think about, but they won't say it out loud. I really, really appreciate that. And again, give me my props for that segue. Give me my props for that segue. Okay. Uh, so now let's get into this music. You guys know that I have been waiting on Raphael Sadiq's uh, new one. Let me say it like this. I like it. I like the first five songs. And then he goes into, it's like some civil rights shit. Um, some Malcolm X, where's Malcolm X type shit or get your hand out my pocket or the revolution will not be televised type shit. And it's cool. It's just, um, I couldn't tell what he was doing. I was just, it was kind of all over the place. It still felt like Raphael Sadiq. It did. It still felt like Raphael Sadiq. I mean, he's a dope artist, but I couldn't tell what he was trying to, um, do with this, this album. Like you talking about love one minute and the next minute, shit it's some old spoken word type let's march down fucking the bridge and shit so yeah he kind of lost me on that one but is the music still good on it yeah but the lyrics and i'm a lyric dude not only just the music but it just it was uh it kind of uh kind of confused the shit out of me still good work Raphael is still my boy um i think to make me feel better I'm going to go back and listen to uh, It Never Rains in South Southern California or um, The Cutie Pies They All Know. They can always L-A-Y on my pillow. The Cutie Pies They All Know. They can always L-A-Y. <laughs> so now I feel better. Now, now I feel better that I got that out of my system. I'm no longer thinking about Raphael Sadiq's new album, and I'm still appreciating his good-ass music. And, you know, we have to talk about Missy Elliott. 
Really? Her new EP is everything. And it's called Iconology. Um, the only thing I can say that disappoints me about this album or this EP is that the motherfucker is too short. It is only 14 minutes long. And as soon as you get into it, you know, you know, Missy be having you moving. And I'm not even that type of dude to be moving like that. But Missy be having you going as soon as you like at your hypest point. The shit cuts off. <laughs> so Missy, come on now. Damn. But everybody I love Missy. She is just um, she can do no wrong. And plus, she is a fellow Graves um what's the word I have Graves uh disease and so does she so I have a different type of love for her too because I know her struggle I know what she deals with the ups and downs and the mood swings of having Graves and Graves is an autoimmune disease and it fucks with with your thyroid it fucks with your um your weight your mood and a lot it fucks with a lot of shit you be you can just get tired as fuck all of a sudden causes muscle wasting um it can even cause um your libido to go to zero. I've had that to happen before where my libido was just gone. And that was when I was um, married and my ex thought something was wrong. She said, you must be fucking. You ain't even trying to fuck. Bitch, I ain't thinking about fucking. <laughs> Graves will do that shit to you. It can hospitalize your ass. I haven't, I haven't been hospitalized before, but I, it has put me down for a while before. So big ups to her for still pushing through. And I'm not saying she's having a, um, what's the word? Can't even think of the word right now. Episode or everything. Uh, Graves flare up right now but anyway i love missy i didn't uh, see her on the vma awards i did listen to her speech and it was awesome she is just she's just awesome to me and i watched her interview on sway that was an awesome interview uh you need to go check that out as well and i am still standing on mac arez album album from uh that i talked about last week the uh the juice box go check that out if you haven't checked that out and um, another something else I want to um, talk about real quick, and I'm going to give this this segment or what I'm about to say, I'm about to call it something and I'm going to call it the relationship corner. So moving forward at the end or close to the end of the podcast, this is letting you know that I'm about to end this shit. I will give I will have something to say about relationships because relationships are something that we all go through or have dealt with or are dealing with. And all of the relationships I talk about would not be relationships with a significant other. It can be a relationship with a parent or a cousin or a friend or a coworker. I don't have kids, so I can't really speak on that one unless I'm talking about from a kid's perspective because I, I do have parents. But um, this one is man, woman. So, again, once I get to the relationship corner, something from the relationship corner. So that's what I'm going to say when I'm about to give you some relationship, uh, have a relationship discussion. Anyway. Here's what I got from the relationship corner. Ladies, by date number four, (laughs) you should be offering to pay for something on the date by date number four, whether it be the drinks, the movie tickets, put some gas in the car, you pay for the Uber ride. You need to be offering to pay for something on the date. And I'm not saying you have to pay for the entire date. And I ain't saying, fellas, you got to accept it. And no shade to the fellas that do, you know. But, you know, some fellas, they still want to carry the, the whole the whole bag of, you know, the whole dating thing. They want to, you know, they 
that's what makes them feel good to pay for the date and to take the woman out. And I get that whatever, you know, whatever does it for you. But big ups to you for being that way. But I think by the fourth date, when the check comes and the waiter or waitress drops it off on the table, you should be at the point because you're on the fourth date. You should be at the point that where you say, hey, want to split that? Can I get some of that? Or let me get some of that or I'll get it, whatever. You need to be paying for something or offering something by the fourth date. And I know some people are like, how the hell you come over four? Well, because I think, you know, three is like that, that pivotal moment. <laughs> you make it past three dates. To me, you might be on to something. You might be on to something if you make it past date three. I think you kind of like each other on by date three. You know, I don't think you should be still trying to figure out if you like this person. I don't think that person, unless you just one of them old free meal dudes, you know what I'm saying? But that's if you make it past day three. I mean, date three. And fellas, be okay with putting your pride aside because I know it's some prideful dudes out there. I'm a prideful dude. It is hard for me to let a woman, you know, offer something on the date, you know, offer to pay for something. But will I do it at this point? Hell yeah. Dating is expensive as hell. Dating is expensive. And we might be at some old expensive ass place. And plus, hell, it just shows that, you know, she's a team player. I like it. She's just showing me that she's a team player. She's considerate. She's thoughtful. It doesn't necessarily mean she's a good ass woman. We are so quick to say somebody is a good woman or a good man. That means she's a team player. That means she's considerate. She just ain't in your pockets like that. And ladies, if he accepts, don't side at him. You offered. Don't be like, oh, shit, I didn't think he was going to really, you know, accept my offer. Don't be doing that. Don't do that. If he accepts your offer, cool. He accepts your offer. So that's what I got to say about that. By date four, you should be offering. And again, fellas, be okay with accepting or not. Whatever you do, be okay with it. But ladies, by date four, come on now. You need to be offering something. I ain't done something. So yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that is really all I got for you guys today. Uh, like I said, you ha- you got a lot of real, you got some random, and you got some relatable today. And I want to end it with a quote. So now, look, I am I'm getting this format together. So thank y'all for working with me. I am getting this format together. Oh, forgot to remind you about the Purple Cup Talk Live call-in segment. It will be starting, well, resuming next Wednesday. And I'm not doing it on Tuesday. Here's why. It's not a... I know somebody like he just can't figure out what day he want to put it on this. He'd be just going back and forth. No, I am recording a podcast episode with Clint Coley and he is the um, his podcast is called Advice from a Fuckboy. He is uh, a retired, a uh, reformed <laughs> fuckboy. Uh, he is a millennial and we will be recording a podcast episode this Tuesday and it will be on Purple Cup Talk. Uh, you know, he's going to be a guest on mine. I'm not going to be a guest on his unless he asks me to. Um, so, yes, we are recording that next Tuesday, which is why the Purple Cup talk live in live call in can't be um, on Tuesday. 
Uh, let me give you the number for it, and I'm going to move slow as I get this number. But as I get this number, I want you guys to listen to this song by Tony Rashad called That's Right. And he is like a nephew to me, but I just like his song. So I'm going to look for this number to give y'all. I should have already had it on me. Poor poor planning. And I got these dope-ass podcast notes, but I don't have the number on there. That kind of sucks, Reggie. Hold on. So listen to this song while I find this number. got the number i got the number so uh put this number in your phone put this number in your phone the number is 323-524-0530 and the number is 323 that's the area code 524-0530 got it all right so keep that number in your phone lock it in your phone under purple cup talk live delete the other one that you have in there and you should have the other one in there if you are a true follower a true supporter of purple cup talk make sure that number is in your phone and i want to uh end it with this and it is a quote by george bernard shaw i love george bernard shaw if you guys are not familiar with him he's a, a playwright a activist you know he died i don't know when he died shit 50s 60s 20s i don't know when george bernard shaw died but he died a long ass time ago and I, i've always like loved his uh just his perspective on things and his quote is uh it goes as such we don't stop playing because we grow old we grow old because we stop playing i'm gonna say that one more time i should I mean, it's gonna be a little bit more dramatic okay here you go watch this We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. <laughs> so anyway, look, I want to thank you guys for joining me on the 11th episode of Purple Cup Talk. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. And again, this is Reggie Hathorne's Purple Cup Talk, where we talk about real shit, random shit and relatable shit. And I think today you got all three. Continue to follow me and share the love on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Or you can just simply go to purplecuptalk.com. And make sure you rate this podcast on iTunes. And if you don't have anything good to say, keep it to your motherfucking self. All right. So anyway, that's all I got for you guys. You guys be careful out there in them streets. Enjoy your weekend and your Labor Day. And I'm Richie Hathorne. I'm just driving, driving, driving. Just With Reggie Hathorne. Where's my dad?